Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Intelligent Moron with Alex Silva. Today is Thursday, December 30th. This is going to be some shocking news, and I'm going to break right now. Ultimately shocking for me, anybody that listens, and anybody that aspires to listen, new people, old people since day one, this is going to be some shocking, shocking news at the moment right now. This is going to be the last show of the Intelligent Moron with Alex Silva in 2021. Now, it, it we had a good run. We had a good run. But unfortunately, the year is over. And that means that the show in this year is now over. Today is the last show. 2021. I think we can kind of take a trip down memory lane. And be, yet yeah, it's a bad day for the year, being the last show of the year. But also, looking back on the year. Now, I know it's not the anniversary of the show. That's in a couple more weeks. You know, this is episode 48. But that still begs us to look back on the year. And see what what we went through as a podcast and as a, as a planet as a community, as a society, as a species, what we dealt with in 2021. Now, just coming off after the horrible, horrific 2020, what were we thinking back then? What were we aspiring? What what did we think was going to happen? I think that it was going to be a better year, a worse year, and just okay year. For me, and I think a lot of people that went into 2021... We were thinking, like, how could it be any worse than 2020? And I would say, it, it's, it can only get better. Well, did it? Was it better? Did you do? Did you conquer any resolutions? Did you do anything worth, a, you know, saying, yeah, that was a good year. That was a fun year. Or was it more of last year? Or maybe in between? A little this, a little that. Yeah, it was cool, but, uh, you know, this happened and it was just wasn't the best time in my life. But, you know, with all that aside, last year, the uh, sh- uh, show of the year, I think we could take a trip down, like I already said before, memory lane on the first year. Not Again, not entirely first year of this podcast, but, you know, pretty close to it. And what a better fitting way to do it than on, like, on one of the final days of 2021. Now let's look back and remember of what I talked about, what we, you know, caught my attention in, in in news, entertainment, the world itself, things I realized, and I I've come up with a list of the highs and the lows of 2021 in my personal opinion and just how I felt about it. How I felt about why I call them highs, why I call them lows. The highlights, the lowlights. And we're just going to go through them one by one and just have fun with it. How do I feel about it now from when I initially talked about it? Has opinions changed? Has uh, my feelings changed towards that thing? How do I feel now about it? It's just because growing up and living and and learning is... Change is a part of it. You know, we could all be like... Well, you said this back then. 
Yeah, but that was maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago. Maybe I've thought of it at a different way. We're, we're not, our opinions and our, our thoughts are not set in stone. They're just not. They're not like on a, a big tablet of stone and just hung up in a museum. This is what Alex Silva thought about this show in 2019. And this is forever. That's just not the case. That's just not the case. So anyway, we'll get started. One of my biggest letdowns of the 2021 year was the UFO report. And you're going to be laughing like, oh, of course it was this. Of course that's number one. Well, that's just the one that I that I think to me was one of the bigger letdowns in this, you know, for this country and in just in general the year. I mean, everybody knows now or has seen a photo or a video of a, a so-called, air quotes, UFO, unidentified flying object, or what they call now a UAP, unidentified aerial phenomenon. I kind of like UFO better, but uh, that's not bad. But it was supposed to reveal things, and this was signed at the end of the previous administration under the, co- with, uh, I think it was like a new uh, coronavirus bill, and it was just like, you know, what do you got? What's what you got in store for us? Like, what what's going to be released and what's going to be announced? And essentially, it was just like, we know that there's things out there that we can't explain, and we know that they're real, and they're not us, and they're not anybody of our enemies or allies, but there's stuff out there that we just don't know. And then that came out, and I was just like, that was on June 20th, by the way. June 20th, I believe. And I was just like, really? What a, what a gigantic ball... To drop on this report. Uh, just huge. Unsatisfying. Now again. I probably. I, if I looked at myself. Two years ago. Maybe a year and a half ago. I'd be like. Yeah. Aliens are probably real. Nowadays. I'm like. Yeah. They're probably real. But. They probably aren't real. And that's just fine. With me. Now, I still kind of lean more towards that they are real just because it's stuff that you can't really explain. And you look at it, you're like, well, how do we explain that? And people are just like, "Eh, well, we can't. And it's like, well, have we tried? I mean, have we gotten better at using, you know, technologies? Have we actually, you know, try to make contact? It's like, have we even done our homework and try to do, you know, reach out? And it's like, well, probably not. You know, it doesn't seem like we have. Or or at least that's what they're saying, that we have not. Or we haven't had the opportunity. So it's like, okay, whatever. I guess I'll just forget about it, I guess. I mean, like, it's almost like the the government's like, okay, well, they want something. What what can we say that's so not super... um, um, What's the word? Detailed and very vague. And hopefully that they'll forget about it. And... To the most part, I have. I don't like go out my day thinking about UFOs or aliens or unidentified aerial phenomena. I, I truly, I don't. Or other dimensions or invasion. No, I don't. I, I truly don't. But it's just a good thing to, th- um, not a good thing, I guess, but a, a fun thing to remember that, you know, not everything is going to live up to the hype. That report certainly candy ass, in my opinion. Just saying what I think. Not a not the greatest uh, reveal buildup or anything that we've had in a long time. You know, I was expect I wasn't expecting like Independence Day or War of the Worlds type of you know re- reveals, but you know maybe a, a ship or two 
in her possession. That that would have been pretty cool. I think that that would have taken the cake as the best moment in my entire life, not just um, not just the uh, for the year. But you know, that just shows you what kind of life I live. Number two, well, I guess I'm just not not even a number really. Just going down the list. Next up is going going back to GameStop. Going back to GameStop. Now I I I, I talked about this when I was trying to conquer um, trolls and scalpers and just all these rabid Xbox fans. I'm trying to get the Xbox Series X back in the summer. I eventually did, but on the way to doing that and on the way to uh, claiming my prize and my 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 great possession of an Xbox Series X, I had to. You know, I was at my wits, and I was at my lowest point, and I was like, well, why not go to GameStop? Why not try GameStop again? Let me tell you this. It wasn't, it was, I, this opinion still has not changed. It is one of the worst experiences of this entire year. Dealing with those people, the employees at GameStop, who have absolutely no idea pretty much of what is occurring at their job. Like, when stuff's going to ship, when's it going to be, is there a timetable, can you be more communicative with your fans and your supporters and your customers so they don't waste their time and that they're not just there like, oh, yeah, when's it coming out? Well, we don't know. And then just being like, well, thanks a lot. See you never. I mean, essentially, that's what I was. I, I said, see you never. And I haven't gone back. And I haven't, you know, been wanting to go back and wanting to shop and wanting to... um you know, purchase an item or even sell anything back or purchase a refurbished game or anything like that. I've just been like, uh-uh, never again. I'm, I'm sorry, but I just can't. And it's still to this day, I don't want to remember that experience because it was just so bad. And it wasn't just me. It was a bunch of people that tried to see if there was any there or to, you know, see if when they were coming in, and at least maybe 10 people, I don't know the exact amount anymore, but like at least 10 and all just all left in disappointment. And, you know, it was nice to be not the only one in this case, not to be disappointed. But still, at the end of the day, it's just a bad look. It's just a bad feeling. It's like, all right, 2022 resolution, never go to GameStop again. I'm going to try my best to do that. Now, I don't count going to the mall, walking in and walking out. No, 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 no. I mean, like, actually, like, trying to buy something see when something comes out, communicate with those scumbag employees. That's what I mean. Now, I'm not just trying to hearken on every GameStop employee. No, but if you're going to be like that, you're going to be called a scumbag. I'm just sorry. It's just going to happen. Next up is I still haven't seen Top Gun Maverick. Now, a lot of my friends like to uh, bag on me and bash on me about this and say, well, it's just a movie or who cares about Top Gun or who cares? Why are you a fan of aviation? Why do you even care? Well, sorry, sir, or madam, but that movie, that franchise, and the build-up to this, which, you know, still has a not really um, multitude and completed or concluded yet, is just something that I desperately have wanted to see for a long, long time. Yeah, right? I mean, it got announced in 2019, coming out in 2020, 2020 happened, effed off, you know, couldn't do it, 2021 happened, was going to come out in November, gets pushed back till next May, and then I'm just like, well, does the world just not want me to see it? And I just, that this would have been on 29, or 2020, uh, worst of, 
and then but it didn't make the cut. I don't remember what I did in 2020, but it's going to make this one because it's just getting delayed and delayed and delayed again. I mean, this got delayed even more. I mean, more than Fast and Furious 9, No Time to Die. What else got delayed? Um, Black Widow. I mean, it's already beaten out those movies that I were supposed to come out in 2020. It's already beaten them out by over a year now. It's going to be like almost a, over a year, at least for, I think, uh, Fast and Furious. So it's just like, when this movie comes out, I'm going to be like, these guys are already like at least three or two and a half years older than when they were when they shot the movie. It's going to be so weird. I think that they got to just release it as soon as possible. And I know that they want to make their money, and I get that. But it's going to be a point where you're just like, bro, just put it out already. Like, you're losing more people when you just don't put it out. And I know you want to wait for, you know, uh, the theaters and people to be willing to go back to theaters comfortably and go watch a movie. But, I mean, if Spider-Man was a, a, a sh- uh, showing that people are ready and people are going to go see movies again, you just grossed like $1 billion at the box office, I think, a couple days ago. That should be enough for you to be like, all right, let's put it out. Let's put it out on a platter and let's see what they think. I mean, I'm ready. I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready. Another uh, low. This is going to be in sports. Uh, UCLA losing to Gonzaga in the Final Four. I'm still not over that. And because I saw something out of that UCLA team, I truly, truly did. And it was fun. It was fun, and it was um, courage, and not giving a damn of who they play, and just like, you know what? Nobody thinks that we're good enough, but when we got to the tournament, we showed up, we balled out, we beat teams that we weren't supposed to in ways that nobody thought that we could. We were playing the best basketball at the time. And then we just got beat out by a Gonzaga team at the last shot. Then they went on to fucking get smoked by Baylor. So, yeah, that 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 disappoints me because I think UCLA college basketball is the cream of the crop when it comes to college sports entertainment. Truly, I, I I believe that because of the history of John Wooden, those UCLA teams, Kevin Love, Russell Westbrook, just the uh, Reggie Miller, all the history behind UCLA basketball, and just to have it being smoked out and just stolen by a team that nobody thought that was actually legit, like truly, truly legit, like like, and, and then just to them to lose so embarrassingly to Baylor in the final. It's just pathetic, and it was just like, I don't want to see any more of this robbery because it continues to happen over and over again, and, and you know, to all credit, the the NCAA tournament is, a lot of it is luck, and a lot of it is, it's also preparation and skill and talent and how good you are, but it's also like, did you catch fire at the right time? And I thought that UCLA caught fire at the right time, they had a good enough team to beat anybody, and that just, it was just doused out with that last uh, field goal. And it was tragic. It was it was so heartbreaking because nobody, nobody, I mean, nobody actually wanted, nobody besides Gonzaga fans wanted to see them move on. I guarantee you more people were like, yeah, UCLA, let's do it. Let's see what they can do. I mean, it's it feels good for college basketball. It feels good for college. It's just, it, it's what the country and the fan base needed, I think. And it was robbed of it because of fraud ass Gonzaga being frauds, being phonies, and just not showing up when they needed to show up. And it was, I, 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 I truly believe that it was one of the worst 
college football or basketball tournament finales that I've ever seen, I think. Just under, uh, not entertaining, not even close, just really pathetic in all shapes and all forms. Now, watching it this year, I'm like, I mean, Gonzaga's still good, so is UCLA, but it's like, I think that team, unless they prove me wrong at the tournament, how good that that UCLA team was, and just uh, also the, the the disrespect from the entire country on West Coast basketball, and particularly the, the Pac-12, how it was just being shit on, nobody gave a shit, people were being like, just absolutely torching Pac-12 basketball, and then for it to show up the way that it did, and then how people were like, why is, how is UCLA doing this well, what? And then for them to lose is just, oh, it truly was heartbreaking. And I'm not, I didn't go to UCLA, I'm not a big UCLA fan, but in terms of college basketball, it's like Kentucky for the West Coast. You're just going to root for them. Like, I know that Kentucky's a lot more polarizing and not more liked, and so is Duke and all, but like I just feel like UCLA is got that history, they're respected, they're they're liked by pretty much a lot of people around the country, and it's like yeah, I mean it would it makes the college fo- uh, basketball uh, March Madness better when they're good and when they're in it. It just they it just do. I I can't really explain it, but you know that was another big big letdown for me when they lost. Moving on, still in LA sports, uh, the Dodgers losing to the Braves in the NLCS was pretty tragic. It was it was a gut punch. I didn't expect that to happen. Honestly, I did not take the Braves seriously. I read that entire series wrong. You know, I truly, at, at the beginning at least, at the beginning I thought that, that we would get there again, even though with all the injuries and all the drama and all the, you know, just the, the uh, belittled uh, lineup and just, you know, not as performing the way that we should, I thought that we would actually get to the World Series again. You know, we beat the Giants. I mean, that to me was our World Series you know, my eyes and my, you know, bias eyes, I know that it's not for everybody else in the country or anybody who is a baseball fan, but if you're a Dodgers fan, that was pretty much our World Series, and then for them to get absolutely, you know, woken up, and I guess a beast actually woke up with the Braves, and we got stomped on, and we just got, you know, put in our place, I guess, and just like, yeah, we (laughs) truly aren't as good as we thought that we were, and, you know, to be honest with you, I mean, I, 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 as it was happening, I was like, we, we still have life, but I just have a bad, had a bad feeling that, like, this is just not going to happen. I mean, we were injury depleted, our rotation sucked, we had no Kershaw, uh, Bauer was gone, we, we had Scherzer with a dead arm, who's now with the, the New York Mets, we had Urias, who's been shaken up, Bueller not as strong as I'd hoped, and then just using the bullpen every single night. And it was just like, well, these Braves batters are going to know what we throw now. Like, it's just, it's going to be, like, pretty much unfair at that moment. And then you're just like, okay, wait, let's just wait for it to happen. And then it did. And then, it was like, the way we went out, too, was just so uncompetitive and un- not with a lot of life. And I was just like, all right, congrats, congrats, Braves. I mean, it's going to be, you know, it's going to, whoever beats you has got to buy, you know, build up the most momentum. And actually, you know what? I thought either the, you know, uh, I actually thought that either Boston or Houston could have been them. 
Turns out I was wrong, though. I mean, as much as as much talent as Houston had, you know, with with everybody that they have on their team, and claiming that they're not cheating the, the, this past year, um, it, it, nothing could have been that Braves team. Nothing. I mean, they were just super hot, and that's just how baseball is. You got to get hot at the right time, and that that hot streak can last you. You know, a good old may, half a month. You know, maybe even more. It's just like when you're hot, you're hot. I mean, it it did pain me so much that Jock Peterson got a another World Series ring after leaving the Dodgers. I mean, that that to me is just it's painful. As a sports fan, you never want to see that. But it's like, you know, he he played well. I mean, I respect him, but I don't like that he won. You know what I'm saying? I respect the Braves, but I don't like them. If that makes any sense, I just like. It's it's just, you know, classic sports banter and bickering and rivalry that just occurs. And, you know, nothing you can really do to help it. You just got to let it pass and let it go. Um, hopefully that we can turn it around next year and actually be, you know, competitive and, you know, better throughout the year. And especially when we need to in the playoffs. Um, we we lost some people. We lost uh, Corey Seager and uh, Max Scherzer to uh, Texas and New York. I hope that they, you know, do well over, over there play good baseball except not against us we locked up oh i think we locked up trey turner i think not sure but uh he, he's going to be the future of the dodgers uh shortstop so that's going to be interesting may will be actually playing his his god you know not his god his his natural position so that should be good i mean i him playing second again <clears throat> not to ramble on too long on this but it was never for him he never really was meant for that position but they weren't going to bench Seager, put Seager at second base because, I mean, I just think contractually that they can't. I don't know. But it, it was like, you got to take, you know, we're trying to gear up for, to win one more at least this year or last year, and it just, you know, it didn't work out, you know. And hopefully next year we can be better and uh, have, make the right roster moves, make, get, get a really solid team that's going to be there, you know, consistent-wise and just be competitive and compete every night. That's all I could ask for. Uh, going down the list again, getting into video games, probably my biggest, worst thing that I've ever done in this, you know, past year in terms of video games is actually purchasing at full price Call of Duty Vanguard. Now, if you've heard me in the past, uh, praise and then complain, bitch and moan, you know, all, everything in the, in the, you know, under the sun I've done with this game. At first, I was so in on it. I was like, Modern Warfare Engine, Modern Warfare Movement, but World War II, I'm all in. Beta, I was like, this is sick. There's going to be more when it comes out. There's going to be a campaign. Can't wait. New, It's new Warzone map. I can't wait for that, too. And then the game comes out. I play it. Play like a good, you know, maybe four hours of it, you know, not including the campaign. That's on its own. And then it comes to the point where I'm, I'm honestly just sick of it. I'm sick of the entire thing, the entire game, the entire engine, the movement, the gameplay, the gunplay. I'm, I'm sick of all of it. The menu, how broken it was, how glitchy it was, buggy it was. Um, it, it was just nothing saving me from n- not denouncing that game. Um, how little that they put into it, it just felt so hollow. It felt like the, the, the developers did not care at all about this game and that's you know also in terms of the campaign as well the campaign is absolutely uh, gameplay wise pretty terrible i mean actually bad um 
None of the missions that you actually play are good, are fun, are entertaining, or even interesting. The story is not terrible. It, it, it's 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 like a, a band of brothers type, but you know, from every corner of the war, like you got like British, American, Australian, Russian, fighting the Axis and all that. It's you know, it's a cool concept. Cutscenes are really well done too. Like it's a good cutscene game. It's pretty, you know, it look, it's fun to look at. It's, it's good to look at. It looks good. So, I mean, some of the scenes, though, the cutscenes, I, I will say, uh, I mean, I'm on the new console, the Xbox Series X. Not looking too good. I mean, stuttery a little bit, you know, kind of freezing. I was very disappointed in that. I was like, what in the, why did I even buy this new console for? To have stuttery, jittery-ass cutscenes. I mean, this should be buttery smooth, right? I mean, this is next gen. Yeah, it didn't feel like it. Um, but yeah, just the entire game, it just, uh, it, it feels like a placeholder and that even goes into Warzone as well. Like right now we're in a bit of a pickle and a bit of a bad spot when it term it comes to Call of Duty Warzone. Now I didn't want it to be this bad and think that it would be this bad, but being about what, almost a month into the new map, um, it, it, it did have the shock value of being a new map and being, oh shit, finally a new map. Once you played it and you saw the bugs and the glitches and the crashes and the the bad UI, the bad menus, uh, the bad, the stupid, their own new mode that they put in the, the Vanguard Royale and then the Battle Royale and then basically then not even a new Rebirth Island map, Plunder... Um, some, some modes not having squads, some modes only having duos, some modes only having trios, and et cetera, et cetera. You know, basically limiting what you could play with your friends. Um, kind of a bit of an L, in my opinion. Um, the map not being the greatest I've ever seen in terms of, uh, uh functionality, in terms of, uh, variety, in terms of, uh, how you traverse the map, not very good either. I mean, uh, I, there's, there's there's just so many times where I feel like I just, I can only play the map one way, and that's just to go towards peak, and hopefully that the, the circle doesn't F you over, or mess you up. It truly, I mean, like, the, the and also the Krampus event that's happening right now, the Krampus event for, for the holidays and Christmas, pretty bad. Um, It's only, it's it's gotten better, though. I mean, the, my guns don't look like a gigantic blob of pixels anymore. I can see some of them when I pick them up, which is getting better. The gulag is absolute garbage still. Um, the, the stuttering, the cutscene at the beginning just stutters. Audio is better, though. Audio got better, which is, you know, a plus. Um, but also, ultimately, I think in my eyes, I haven't denounced this yet. I have not denounced the Caldera Warzone yet. Because I still find it to be fun in my own sick way. And my own sick way to, you know, uh, vault over the bad shit. Um, still fun. Still fun. But not where it needs to be. And not where I think it can be. Um, I just lost my train of thought what I was going to say. Truly did. Uh, this is embarrassing. Um, but not, not not where it needs to be. But hopefully it can it can actually get better. Because let me tell you, man. And I think it's just it just might be for console because I've seen people play it on PC look far better, far better than what it did 
on consoles, especially the next gen or the new consoles. I mean, it's just it's unacceptable the way that it looks, the way that it plays on the Series X. I think. I mean, just the texture problem, the pop-ins, the guns being silver, the guns not showing up when you aim down the sights, or even just in your hands. Um, the mechanics of just like picking up stuff sometimes messes up for me. Overall, I can't really see players sometimes. It's weird. It's like the map is is brighter, right? But it feels like there's got. I think that there's another form of lighting when you light up players that it's, that that helps people see other players. And that for me is like it's very inconsistent. Like there'll be areas where I can see players perfectly fine, but other areas in the map, it's just like I I don't even know where he's at. I can't even see him at all. Not to mention. The I said that before that they had a Vanguard Royale and then a Battle Royale. The Battle Royale is just um, basic, you know, Verdansk, but not Verdansk. You got the the buggies, you got the trucks, uh, the cars or, or the vans, and any gun you want to use. Vanguard Royale is just World War II everything: guns, planes, cars, um, and all that. But you know, a bunch of flak fire above you that just you know, drowns out all the footsteps or drowns out any ambient sound that you might want to listen for. I mean, truly, it's it, it's like pushing that game to the brink of what it could handle, in my opinion. Because this is going to be the first game where you have two main modes that you can play in. Now, yeah, sure, they had ba- uh, Battle Royale and Rebirth and maybe a couple of other, like, you know, like, not as, not Battle Royale modes like uh, Plunder or like a team deathmatch type of game mode. But this one has, like I said, Battle Royale, Vanguard Royale, and then Rebirth. So it's like we're already juggling so many different servers, and in those servers you can't have certain guns or vehicles or, you know, attachments or, like, uh, um, tactical secondary uh, grenades. It's just going to be a lot to manage now. And I feel like they're in no place where they can manage this, all this stuff and all this content, properly and uh effectively so big l for warzone uh, right now gigantic l uh not looking good and they're on their holiday break right now and they're still able to pump out small small updates that make it a little bit better but it's truly going to come to when everybody's back from the holiday break and if they can actually work on it and make it actually worth playing more and worth like people wanting to keep playing because right now i mean besides like you know for the basic fun of the battle royale type of genre game there isn't a whole lot there and it's also sucks is that the the battle pass xp grind also has been stunted meaning that it it just i you can feel like they made it harder for you to upgrade your your battle pass because they're not working right now that they gotta wait for their uh, people to come back and work on the new season. It just feels like they made it so slow and so long. It's not long, but just so slow so you wouldn't beat it so fast. That way people would keep playing and coming back. Um, not a good look, though. Not a good look. Um, up next is Fantasy Football. I finished dead last this year. Dead last. And, and I was supposed to beat... I, I was playing Michael, you know, for the final game or for my game to move on, yet I lose by, like, 60 points. I mean, or 50 points. I don't know. I don't even know what it was. 
but it was an embarrassing, embarrassing, embarrassing performance by me. And in a game that I was projected to win and actually my players to play well, I get Matthew Stafford shitting the bed. I get Tyreek Hill shitting the bed. I get all my running backs shitting the bed. And then I, I, I bench Jalen Waddle, and he goes off. I mean, I, I'm pretty much, I'm not done with fantasy, but it's like there's no longer any talent or any preparation or any other skill that you might have that makes you win a fantasy football game. It's truly, truly all luck. Truly all luck. And not to mention that the he had Dak Prescott. He just destroyed the Washington football team. Got like 30 points. And I'm just like, also had T. Higgins, like not even the number one receiver on Cincinnati, who just goes off as well. I mean, it's just like, I, I, what, what, what can I do? I started Stephon Diggs. I started Tyreek Hill. I started Matthew Stafford. I started Melvin Gordon after last week. I started Michael Pittman and Kyle Pitts. Like, what do I do? How am I supposed to win anything? I have a couple good games. I have a couple good performances. Just never when I need them. It's like, and it's like, oh, um, Kyle Pitts is going to play against a a super shitty team. Gets like one point. Mike Davis against a shitty defensive line gets like four points. It's like, what, what, what am I supposed to do here? Is it just Atlanta? Maybe that's it. Maybe this year, Atlanta truly might have been like the worst performing fantasy team of all time, if you think about it. Kyle Pitts is shit. Mike Davis is trash. No Calvin Ridley. Uh, Matt, Matt Ryan is garbage. The only person that's actually good is Cordell Patterson. Patterson. And that's about it. I mean, it just might have been just... I had so many players from Atlanta that that are in key positions that just did bad. So overall, fantasy football, a gigantic L, and just an absolute... I, I didn't want to play it anymore, which is tragic, which is painful for me to say because how much I love football. But it's like, I couldn't catch a single break this season. I finished dead last. Again, not to make excuses, but I got the, the last pick of the draft. Not, not to make excuses... But that, that might have been why I sucked. I, I, I mean, what else? What else? I mean, I sure have had no production. Like, nobody gave me consistent production except for, like, Matthew Stafford. That was at the beginning of the season. After that, it was just like, this guy, this guy might suck now for, like, for a while. And he's in and out, he's in and out of being good and being bad. It's like, oh, God. I, I don't even know what to, what to say. It's just, it's all, all over, all around, it's just bad. It was bad. Bad, bad experience. Next on the list is, uh, Hasbula and Abdu Rozik have still not fought. Now, at the beginning of the year, I did not give a shit about Hasbula. Now, I just want to see that goddamn fight. I mean, what are you doing, Hasbula? Hasbula, you gotta, you gotta make this fight happen. And Abdu wants to fight you. But, and everybody would watch it. But I think that it's just now, they got their fame... They got their attention, and now they just make TikToks and Instagram shorts. So I think that it's never going to happen, which is a shame because that would be hilarious for them to fight. Hilarious. I mean, talk about a gigantic L. I mean, midway through this year, there was like ramblings of this little guy from Dagestan. Looks like a kid, but he's actually not. Just has a condition that makes him look that young. He's actually 18, and you know legal to fight, wanting to see that fight, would have been so cool, 
It's so funny. And I would have been on, on Team Hezbollah for sure. But it just never happened. So I don't even know if I can even like say that it was... No, it is an L. But it could have been great. It could have been great. Instead, we get Jake Paul fighting. Instead, we get uh, Mike Tyson fighting Roy Jones Jr. And, um, you know, Frank Gore fighting Darren Williams. It's just like fights that I don't want to see. I just want to see Hasbula fight Abdu Rozik. That's all I want to see. That's all I wanted to see. And yet it never... And I had people and friends that were like down to watch it. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm down. I'm going to see this shit. Are you kidding me? God, it would have been so funny. But again, it just never happened. Oh, gigantic L. Maybe that's just on our part, honestly. Because maybe that's just like... We thought that that was going to happen because it it was such build-up and like... not Well, not build-up, but like, you know rumblings around like they're actually going to do it and like oh wait I mean like they're already like fighting and training for it and all that you see videos of them training and fighting but now you just see them like you know posting on TikTok and posting that they're rich and shit and eating and shit doing fun shit and taking pictures of people it's like why would they fight now I mean why honestly you probably didn't even have that much beef to begin with whoever is their promoter for Hezbollah and Abdu Rozik I mean is just absolutely killing it because they 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 kind of stole this year from everybody else if you think about it. I mean, I'm pretty sure like the number one some of like the number one trending clips on TikTok and on, you know, the internet in general had to have been like at least had to have been for one week number one has Bula and Abdu Rozik. Just had to have been. And again, I fought it off as much as much as possibly I could. I was like, I want to see these guys fight. I mean, it would have would have been so funny. Moving on. Final thing, final L of the year 2021 the coronavirus is still a thing i mean i i for one am sick well not actually sick but i'm sick and tired of hearing about covid-19 and everything i mean in, in news and especially in sports right now i mean it's pretty pretty unbearable it's it's just an abuse and an attack on a thing that i thought that it was over on a thing that I love, I mean, postponing NFL games, uh, roster cuts, depleted rosters. We haven't had very many good games lately, if you think about it, because there have been so many cuts and replacements because of COVID-19. This thing is just like, it's just so annoying now. Things have been canceled now. Things are getting canceled again because of Omicron. I mean, who's to know when the Decepticon variant shows up? When's that going to happen? Is it going to be the same thing over and over again? It's like, what the fuck are we doing? Now, I know I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a physician. I'm not a, you know, uh, um, uh, what uh, infectious disease expert or doctor. But I still can say that I'm over it. I'm just over it. Um, you know, they're saying that this variant isn't as strong. All right, cool. But, you know... That's not going to stop people from shutting out shit because of lawsuits and money and shit and all that. It's like, it doesn't matter. If if the if the guidelines say that, you know, getting sick and requiring this many days to, you know, recover to quarantine, which has actually got cut down by the CDC from 10 to 5. So that might be the first step to actually, you know, not in a way to forget about the virus, but to put it like behind our front uh, view uh, 
front sight, I guess. Like that in my in my mind is like, okay, we know it's, you know, not as severe. But we still want to make it so that it's important. But this is like the first step of us to finally like say, okay, well it's just here 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 to stay. New variant's gonna come out, or you know, new strain, I guess you could say. Because, you know, the flu has, like, a new strain every year. It could be like that. I mean, I'm not saying that it is going to be or that I know that's going to be, but it could be. We just don't know. I mean, if the virus does get weaker by the next variant, which I think typically does happen in viruses, but just more infectious, right? Then, I mean, it, it's going to be, be like the next flu, I think. Truly, I think that it could be. Not saying that it will be, but it, and I'm not an expert, but it seems like it's trending that way. But don't take my advice for anything medical. It's just what I think, you know. I'm allowed to think. At least for now, I am. Now we're moving on to the fun portion of the show. The fun. I mean, that was fun to walk back and look back at things. But now we're getting to the highlights of 2021. The highlights of 2021, and there was many. Some people might think that. My highlights are lowlights, but this is my show, right? This is not the show um, that's going to be played on Good Morning America or the Today Show or any big network like that. No, this is this is uh, this is produced by me, shot by me, or recorded by me, and you know, starring me, Alex Silva. This is my 2021 highlights. Um, number one is obvious: starting this podcast. I mean, I've had I've had so much fun doing this podcast and bringing up topics and talking about things and sharing my thoughts out and and just like <clears throat> discussing with myself things that I enjoy to talk about, right? And I just I I hope that what I've been able to do is to take your mind off of serious things for the most part and and try to like bring a light of it not be, not to take life so seriously and to maybe just look at other things and be like not again not be so serious about certain things i hope i did that and I just like again starting this podcast right i came from the out of the ordinary friends podcast with my friends that ended but i had that itch i was like i got to i like doing this it's fun for me it's fun and people might not understand why but it doesn't matter cuz i think that it's fun if i i fun doing it then why would i stop you know what i'm saying sure the the the, the audience and all that will come if i enjoy doing it and if i if i can project that i'm having fun with it and i hope that i've done a good job now, there's been a certain couple episodes where i there's nothing that happened that week or something uh probably not in the realm of like what I talk about that I did talk about, like for instance, um, so, uh, the Met Gala stuff like that. Um, probably never would have thought of you know hearing me talk about that, but I did. That's coming uh, down later. But all in all, starting this podcast, you know, taking a leap—not really a leap, but a little hop of faith—I um, would say—and doing it solo. Like, can I do a podcast by myself? I think for the most part, I can. Now, I do need to drink a lot of water when I do it, and I do need to uh, clear my throat a couple times, but I think that I have been able to carry a podcast on my own for the most part. I do 
in the future, though, want to have guests. And I said that at the very first episode, too. I understand that. But, you know, there's things happen. Things don't happen. You know, just uh, some stuff just doesn't happen. And you just got to try harder for that to make it happen. And I intend to and I will try harder this uh, year with that aspect. I think I bring it pretty much every time, though. All right, so that was number one, clearly. Number two, seeing the Snyder Cut. Justice League, Snyder Cut. Um, I, 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 there was a lot of pressure on that movie to come out. A lot of pressure. Being on HBO Max only back in March when uh, you couldn't really, there was no movies out. I believe that theaters were still shut down at that point. I could be wrong, but um, that was going to be an HBO Max exclusive. So everybody watched it pretty much. Anybody who had it would watch it. And I got to say, that movie was such a, such a, um, a deliver, a deliverance of, of extraordinary, unique Zack Snyderism that I think at the end of the day is so well-deserved and so well-earned and truly, for me, made BVS and Man of Steel even better and enhanced that experience even more after seeing those movies that it, I'm, I just, I can't imagine why Warner Brothers canned it the first time or didn't want to go through with it for the first time. Truly, I had no idea why that was in their uh, thought because the Snyder Cut was such a, a, a pleasing movie, a well-made movie in my opinion, a deeper movie than I thought it could be, and just stuff that I thought that I would never see, we saw. And it was so... It was, like, it's not perfect by any shape or form. But I think it, it leaves you satisfied <clears throat> with the uh, Zack Snyder DC trilogy. Truly, I, I think it does. And I know that I said that I enjoyed the other Justice League when I first saw it, but this one, truly, it, it just it, it fits better. It fits better as, a, as an overarching story of those characters. And I'm just so happy that we actually got to see it. Truly, truly did. Next up, People are going to hate. I've already talked to some people about it. Um, <clears throat> sorry about that. Um, and that's John Walker in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The show is decent. I'll say that. It, it's 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 good. It's not terrible. But I think I honestly think that we're overlooking one of the better, newer additions to the MCU that potentially will be a villain in the future. And that is um, uh, Wyatt Russell's John Walker. I mean, listen, people were hating him because he was trying to be Captain America and they couldn't get off Steve Rogers' dick and Chris Evans' dick. And he's not my Captain America. He's not He's not supposed to be Captain America. And even if he was, he probably wouldn't have been for that long. You know, he was supposed to be... He's the new anti-hero Captain America. He's U.S. agent. All right? You can stop whining about him trying to be Captain America, but put your bias for Chris Evans and Steve Rogers aside and try to put yourself in that guy's shoes in the show of what he is being tasked to do. All right, just just 
Put yourself into that reality real quick. And I promise you, it is not as bad as you think. It's actually pretty fun to watch. Because it's like you get the birth, the rise, or the, or the um, not the rise, but the the conception of a of a of a, a successor to Captain America that just goes bad in the form of government, in the form of rules of engagement, in the form of shit that should just shouldn't have happened that happened, and just the formation of a a new character, uh, anti-hero who's got a past, who believes in what he's doing is good. And I mean, for the most part, I mean, I mean, how can we blame him really? Because he does have a point when he loses his friend and the government turns on him because of what he did. But but that's what they wanted him to do. It's like, I mean, how can you fully be against that guy? I mean, like you kind of see his point. Sure, it's not the 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 stars and stripes, Captain America, Steve Rogers type of route, but it's interesting. It's cool. It's new. It's different. And if he continues to more shows, more movies, I think that this just a, it's a better it's better for the MCU because it feels different and it is it, it is off brand, but it is for me welcoming. I just want to see more uh, see more of that guy because Wyatt Russell is so good in that role, and that's why John Walker is one of my highlights of 2021 because it broke people. They didn't want to understand it. They didn't want to. Oh, how, why are they doing this? Why why is it like this? Uh, that's not Steve Rogers. Like, yeah, that's the point, man. That's the point. You've had a decade with Steve Rogers and Chris Evans. You had that much with him. Just let it go. It's just some people that are in the MCU community that just, it's like they, 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 they don't want to grow up or they can't grow up. It's like, Jesus Christ, man. If you don't want it, don't watch it. Just go back to watching the Avengers 1, 2, and 3. You know, Captain America 1, 2, and 3. Do Watch those again, okay? Enough. Moving on. Um, Euro 2020 happened in 2021. Another good thing. I'm a pretty big soccer fan when it comes to international tournaments. I like the Premier League as well, but there's just something about the international tournaments that, you know, always makes me just so interested every summer. Next year, actually, it's going to be in the winter because it's going to be in, in Qatar where it's you know, pretty much unbearable to play in summer. It's going to be so hot. But, um, I, you know, it being back after it was supposed to be in 2020, obviously it got delayed because of the coronavirus. And um, just it, like, seeing an international tournament again over the summer and getting up to watch games early and, 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 and uh, seeing the table and the group stages and the knockout rounds and all the crazy matches going on at the same time it was just it's so much fun and listen it might not be the most you know attractive sport in america to watch but i will tell you this soccer is incredibly fun to play when you're a kid and even you know when you get older it's just for some reason it's just it's funner than football it's funner than baseball May sometimes funner than basketball, but I would say like soccer is one of the most fun sports that you can play. And for some reason, people, you know, some kids just don't continue with it, whether it be like the, you know, pressure to play football or baseball or basketball. But I mean, if, you know, if more kids play it and, and, and continue to play it, I promise you, it's, it's going to, and this is going to be sad for me as well, but it's probably on track even more so than ever, that's going to take out the Major League Baseball. I mean, it's crazy to think about that, but if if 
truly, if they keep playing it and they want to play it professionally, maybe they don't want to go to Europe, essentially. And not to say that the MLS is bad, it's getting better. It could potentially beat out MLB, which would be insane. Um, but yeah, Euro 2020 was sick. It was sick to see that again. Um, felt so empty without it last year, but this year, you know, no fans for the most part, but once the fans started kicking in back in Wembley Stadium, man, it was sick. It was so cool. England almost won it too, but Italy won in, in a in a fashion that I thought that was um, just, you know, it, it was for that, for Italy, that tournament, it was just meant to be. I mean, you saw it how good that they played, how bad Spain and Germany were, and um, England also being very good, but just not finishing in the end. I mean, you can only hope that those teams are going to be back in the World Cup next year in Qatar. It's going to be cool. Um, going back to the theater, movie theater, and posting Twitter reviews was incredible. Because there's one thing when I posted the movie reviews for um, Justice League and Godzilla those were, you know, good. I enjoy those movies a lot, but I was at home watching them. Not to say that I don't have fun watching them at home, but I ultimately prefer the theater. And finally going back to seeing movies in the theater, I think my first one back was Jungle Cruise. And I was like, oh, shit, we're back. And that was back in June, I believe. I was like, this is sick, man. I like this a lot. This movie was, you know, it wasn't my favorite, but it was certainly a fun movie to watch in theaters again. And then seeing Shang-Chi. Then after that, seeing Dune. Then The Eternals. Um, no Time to Die. The Last Duel. And um, and then, and then uh, Spider-Man recently. I'm just like, I'm, I love the theater so much. I love going back there because I just never really get tired of seeing those big screen moments. For me, the, the probably the biggest ones I've seen this year that I've enjoyed the most was probably Spider-Man for sure, and then Dune. Just not knowing anything about Dune, not knowing anything about that world, or the characters, or the book, or anything like that, truly made that experience, seeing Dune for the first time, just probably one of the, the best movie experiences of all time. Or at least, uh, not all time, but the, the past year, at least. Truly, like, number one for me, obviously. Because it was just like a... Like, uh, you know, back in the day when you would see, like, a couple trailers for the movie, maybe a couple commercials, and like, oh, let's go see it. I don't know what it's about, but let's go see it. It was like that for me. But nowadays, you get, like, you know, everything's a franchise or a sequel to something that you, that's coming out. I mean, there's there's a lot of uh, original movies that still come out that you do see, but it, most, of the, uh, most of the theater market is uh, sequels and reboots and all that. So it was, it was, it was awesome to see uh, Dune in theaters for the first time, and in IMAX. I mean, that experience was just incredible. It was incredible. Um, moving on, after theaters, the Mr. Kirby meltdown on this podcast. Now, if you remember uh, a few months ago, ago, sorry, I, I ranted about watching the, the Jurassic Parks over again. Not ranted about those in particular, but... I ranted about Mr. Kirby, played by William H. Macy, who was the ste- or the dad in the movie who essentially kidnaps all those people to go to Isla Sorna to go find their son, and nothing ever happens to him. Doesn't get sued, doesn't get arrested, and I, I went on a rant, a full rant, on how that man is, in, is just terrible, 
and how he's the villain, and he's the worst piece of shit of all time. He lied about his company, lied about what he did, lied about a check, he lied about about um, what they were going to do on the island, or how long they were, they were, they were going to be there. He got like three or four people killed. Uh, I think three, actually. People killed. It was, it's just, it's, it's a terrible, terrible character in a terrible movie. I mean, it's, it's, it's truly a bad movie, but that man in that movie was, is, is just evil. Essentially, he's an evil person, and I could not let that go without being, you know, talked about and discussed and ranted. And that's a highlight for me because I had so much fun talking about that. And I know that nobody probably had fun enjoying it, but I or fun and enjoyed listening to me say it. But oh my god, just like the things that 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 don't fit in that movie, that just get glossed over. Like oh yeah, uh, I have a I have a uh, multi million dollar enterprises. Uh, yeah, whatever you want on this check, I'll write it. And nobody does any research, and he just gets away with it. And they go back home, they get their son, and Dr. Grant's like, yeah, this was fun, now we're going back home. Like, he's not like, I'm going to sue you for kidnapping me, essentially. We nearly died, you got three people killed, you got a plane uh, absolutely destroyed, and my friend is all cut up from pterodactyls. This is not going to be good for you, buddy. It's just not going to be good for you. I mean, so that's another, that's one of the, uh, my highlighting, uh, highlights of this year for sure on this podcast, by the way, moving on to celebrities. Oh, <laughs> uh, you remember in 2020 when Gal Gadot and everybody was singing Imagine or, or a song of unity and a song of, uh, let's get through the quarantine together. Let's do it together. It's all in. All, we're all in this together, and we're not different. We're the same. We just make millions of dollars, and we're celebrities. That all is kind of gone now, and I've realized in this past year because, I mean, now we get people just flaunting their richness in ways, and that they just now they just seems like they can't stop. I mean, we first started talking about celebrities, um, not bathing. That was one of the big points, like, who wasn't going to bathe, or who thought that bathing was just not necessary, because, you know, we clean our bodies naturally, and it's like, what is naturally? I mean, like, I feel like, you know, your hand in, in water and some soap is pretty natural. I mean, are we, are, are, do you have, like, a machine at home, it's like a built-in human car wash? Like, what is not, what, what is not natural about what we do to cleanse ourselves? Are you a cat? Do you lick yourself? Is that how you clean yourself? Do you use your saliva? Like, what do you do? And then, how how do you think that you would smell after that? Probably incredibly bad. I mean, it doesn't stop there. Then we got Vanessa Hutchins, who doesn't drink water because it makes her sick, and she'd rather dehydrate than drink water? I mean, it's just like, what, what, what are we doing here? Like... How much more of a celebrity can you be? I understand that when we were talking about it, essentially, she was promoting her Cali water, the cactus water, which she was promoting, which I can kind of, you know, if you truly think about it, and I said this back then, she might be faking this just to promote her water because she has to. She's in a magazine. 
She's got to promote something. People are going to be reading about it. What a better way to promote your cactus water than to say, I would rather dehydrate myself drinking regular plain water. I mean, it's golden, but it shows you of how far, how high these people think of themselves to me or you or somebody in your family or anybody that's not even famous. Like a hobo, a homeless person is going to be like, I need water badly. If he doesn't have a problem with like drugs and shit, drugs and alcohol, I need water. There's kids in Africa that need water, but I'd rather dehydrate myself than drink plain water. I mean, come on, really? I mean, who's going to like what you say in that interview? Who's going who's gonna to be like, Mom, I want to be like Vanessa Hudgens and not drink water because she would rather dehydrate herself than drink water. It's like, it's, it's bizarre. It's, it's truly, truly bizarre. It doesn't stop there either. Seth Rogen, maybe a month ago, was, was uh, flaunting his richness and saying like, oh, it's just a car, bro. I think Casey Neistat's... Uh, Car was broken into. Who he's he's also pretty wealthy, and you know not not to the degree of Seth Rogen, but he's a pretty famous YouTuber. He used to do a vlog that was super famous and super popular. I'm not sure what he does nowadays, but he still has a pretty big YouTube following, at least subscriber wise. And uh, he got mad about that, and Seth Rogen's like, "Well, bro, just calm down. It's just a car. It's just a car, man." And then he got chirped at it on Twitter, like. Oh, I guess you just don't care about what people own and what people work for and then their livelihoods and their possessions and what they work for. Because to you, it's just a car. But also, Seth Rogen, you're a multi-multi-millionaire who makes movies and makes other things that just give him even more money. And you're rich. You know what I mean? Why would you care about that one car? You probably have like five others, even maybe even more. So it's like you can't even speak on that. It's like you coming out and saying that, and then everybody just backfiring on you, like, it's just, you're more and more detached from actually actual people, and actual civilization, with your, oh, I'm rich, uh, what does a car matter to me, one car, <laughs> it's like, yeah, what are you, what, I mean, these all sound pretty bad, right, they don't sound good, but I enjoy watching that chaos happen, I enjoy watching that because it reminds me that, no matter how much these people want to change or want to be looked at as normal, they don't want to be. They truly do not want to be. Me or you. And seeing that, seeing that that outrage, seeing that what they think, honestly, makes me kind of laugh at them. I mean, it's, it's legitimately funny. When Vanessa Hutchins says that she dehydrates herself just so she can dr- doesn't drink water, and to just drink her ca- cactus water, that's actually pretty damn funny. <laughs> when celebrities don't bathe, and they want to bathe, clean themselves naturally, that makes me fucking chuckle. It's like, what the fuck? Like, uh, it, it, or when Seth Rogen just gets absolutely destroyed on Twitter from actual people, and then he just shuts the fuck up after that. It, it, I... I can't help but laugh. When people went to the Met Gala dressed up as stupid shit because they're rich. I mean, I just can't help but laugh. It's incredibly funny. So that, I guess, to me is is is, is a highlight. I mean, it, it's just celebrities being celebrities. 
And and there's just something about it when when you see somebody think of so high of themselves, and they turn out to be not that great of a person or not not even do much. Like it's it's just funny, and it's just like ah, and as, especially after 2020, it's like right, you're back, you're back. I see, I see, I see. Okay, uh, it's just it's just like a reassurance of like yeah, you play like you're one of us, like you play like you're normal, but you're really not. Up next is Ted Lasso, one of my all-time favorite shows of the past year. Two years, actually. I just didn't put it in last year's. Um, there is, like, rarely a show that comes out now where I am, where I was super excited to uh, to watch and to tune in as it was dropping or airing, you know. And Ted Lasso was, like, that one main show. I mean, I would stay up until whenever it would come out and just watch it right then and there because I love that show. Now, it's not, I wouldn't really call it like a comedy show. It's more like a, a dramedy. Like it, it's got comedy heavily in it, but there's also some drama in it. And it's more of like a life, um, kind of like in a way, like This Is Us in a way. You just see how they live their lives, and there's some jokes in there, but they have a lot of, you know, life issues and stuff like that, and, but, you know, you can say that about every show, but it's not, it's not, not everybody is super funny as, like, Ted, or Beard, or, you know, Higgins in the show, it's just like, there's a lot of subtle comedy in it, it's more like, it's, it's more like, just like a, like a, uh, a sitcom, I guess, or just like a show. It's not like The Office, it's not like Friends, it's not like, um, you know, Parks and Recreation. It's just like, it's just, it's it's subtle enough that it's like, it's enjoyable. It's so enjoyable to watch. I don't know how to explain it, but that was like one of the main shows that really captivated me and just like, oh, I had to watch it as soon as it came out. As soon as it came out, I had to watch it. And it was, and it was, it's a great show too. It's heartwarming, it's, it's uplifting very positive, might be too positive for some people, but nothing, but no other show this past year had me this happy and this, um, this much, absolutely just loving a show like Ted Lasso did. That's why it's on the list of my highlights of 2021. Up next is, uh, the NFL and not just the fact that we watch football and we watch games and we have teams that we root for. And then and the company that with fantasy, which I hate, and then people who like to bet on sports. No, it's not that. It's just the drama of the league that's been happening this year. Not everything, but certain things in the NFL that just caught my eye and that I just I couldn't help but not look at the screen or want to know what was going to happen next. Number one thing in the NFL to me, and this is very close to the other one that I have on this list too, but Aaron Rodgers against the media in the beginning of the of the season with his contract situation, his loyalty to the team and the Packers organization. I mean, that was just a ride because we didn't know if he was going to play, if he was going to sabotage the team, if he was fully 100% in, in, if he was trying, if he was going to even try, if he was going to give it a, you know, even be like, a, a team player, it, that whole beginning of the season and even before that, and then him roasting the organization in a press conference and about their treatment of their players and how they treated their veterans and then the new signings and all that. It, and it, that coming from Aaron Rodgers was just 
so juicy and so um, revealing to the Packers. One of my favorite moments in the NFL. And then the whole thing with him being immunized, him being getting COVID-19, the media absolutely losing their minds, and him also fighting back, and then going on Pat McAfee, saying some bold things, and come then kind of retreading on certain things and all that. I mean, just him and the media have, this year have just been absolutely a, a scene stealer and stuff that we don't really want to see in the NFL, but when it does happen, it's just, it's so, it's so enjoyable to watch because in a way it's like, we think that the NFL is, is just like with a bunch of perfect people who do everything perfect, never get in trouble, never speak out. But then we got Aaron Rodgers, who was just like, nah, fuck that. I'm going to say what I want to say. And it's just, it's been such a good roller coaster ride, man. It's been so fun to watch and so fun to just be a part of that history of the NFL this year. It's been incredible. So much fun. Number two. And this is just by a hair, not number one. But for the most part of this person's time in the NFL, and I probably already just gave it away, but it caused me a lot of anger and a lot of just disappointment and a lot of just, I don't care about this person. But Urban Meyer in the NFL being a head coach, doing the shit that he did in the moment pissed me off. But now that he's out of the league... And that he's fired from Jacksonville. I, I I'm never gonna forget that ever again. The the shit that he caused, the shit that he stirred up, when it comes to the media, the his coaches, his players, him not knowing certain things about his own team, him trying to play favorites, ultimately making the team worse. Um bad discussions with his staff about them being losers, him fingering some bitch in a bar, him basically in that in that same instance ruining his marriage and his family life, <laughs> him kicking Josh Lambeau in practice before the season started, him hiring uh, a racist coach at the beginning and getting pushback from that, and saying, okay, maybe I'll fire him. Him signing Tim Tebow to the practice squad or to, to, to have a tryout and then ultimately cutting him. Um, his handling of Trevor Lawrence and his his handshakes and his, his attitude on the sideline. Him just looking blank, staring into the abyss of him losing game after game after game. I'm, I'm never going to forget that. And I'm always going to cherish that time and that experience and seeing a coach truly be swallowed alive by the NFL. And him getting fired too. And I'm getting choked up right now because it was such a great time. Now that I look back, I wish I could relive it all over again. Because it was so funny and so fun, and yet in a way, terrible. In a way, terrible. But now that I look back at it, I wish I could I, I could really cherish it even more than I already did. Knowing that it was his only, not even full year, 
of coaching the Jacksonville Jaguars in the NFL and causing that much damage and causing that much hatred towards this man. I mean, this man can never coach in the NFL ever again. Never again. He might not coach a college team, but you know, come some maybe with a year or two, a college team might simp for him and be like, well, that was just a fluke, right? Yeah, we want to pay you because we want to make money. But mark my words, man, he's never, ever going to coach in the NFL ever again. Everybody hated him. Every coach hated him on his team. And every other coach in the NFL was like, this guy fucking is stupid. Just the absolute clowning of that man. What that man did to himself in one season. The clowning, the looking of immaturity, of, of not even knowing where he is, where, where he's coaching. I mean, it, it, it truly... I'm, we're never going to see that ever again, probably. So we can just look back, find some videos on YouTube of his his path from hired to destruction. I mean, it truly, you can make a movie about that, but I don't think anybody would ever won't actually want to be that person to play Urban Meyer. But yeah, that's my second thing for the NFL. Urban Meyer's... Um, I don't even know if I want to call it a journey. Urban Meyer's stain on the NFL in 2021. It just absolutely something we'll never see again. And we needed, again, it's already passed and he's fired, but I wish I cherished it more. God, it was great. God, it was so, just so much fun to watch and, see it all fold out and ultimately lead to his destruction and firing. God damn. And he was such a... He was a respected coach before that. Maybe not loved. Liked, probably. Respected as a coach. Respected as an analyst on Fox for college football. I mean, it just... I don't know how we can go about his life now professionally like maybe his family might accept him back maybe his wife might not she might though I don't know he makes a lot of money but professionally with a career in football like again I said no chance in the NFL no chance no chance no shot college probably if they want to simp that hard for him but Broadcasting for sure, probably also zero. I mean, Jesus Christ. But yeah, Urban Meyer was a trip. He was a good roller coaster ride. Actually, yeah, he actually was. If you think about it, the way it started and the way it ended, it makes poetic sense. And the, and the journey, the path to that, makes perfect sense. And that was one of the biggest highlights of my year. Urban Meyer in the NFL. God. What a story. <laughs> what a story to tell. Last but not least, and this is not going to be involving the NFL. This is not going to be involving a movie. Or any event. I guess you can say maybe event. But Halo Infinite is probably is my last highlight of 2021. Because they actually made a good game. Not just the multiplayer, which I know has problems with monetization and, you know, bugs at the moment. Still very, very, very fun and enjoyable to play with people. 
a true um, coming back to form, back to formula, as some people might say, um, being fun again, uh, good maps, good guns, good gunplay, good flow, good feel, good engine, good graphics, just an overall good multiplayer game, which can be improved on, it can be better, but ultimately, and I haven't spoken on this yet on this podcast, or briefly I have, very briefly, but the Halo Infinite campaign, I finished it maybe a couple weeks ago, thought that it was really, really satisfying. Coming from Halo 5, not enjoying it at all, truly not enjoying it one bit, and kind of this movie, or not movie, God, game, righting the wrongs, but not completely, but also filling you in on what happened, and making it resolve a bit better than where Halo 5 left you off, and make more sense than what it did. Um, I kind of like a, a reboot in a way, you would say. This game is is pretty essentially a reboot, again, without any spoilers. Um, we all kind of thought that, though. I mean, just looking at it from the beginning, it like, felt like a... And I believe they also said it was, in a way, a reboot of the franchise and of the series. Um, but it, ultimately, really fun, interesting, emotional campaign. Um, rich in the, in the, in the lore... And the enemies, uh, the villains, the bosses, the characters, the characters that you meet, the new ones that you meet, and uh, they have a lasting impact, I think, in my opinion. There's some great moments between Chief and a couple of other characters, that uh, the pilot in particular, that really just hit home and really just capture like, the essence of the, of the series, the character, and the like, kind of like, like what Master Chief is. He's, he's like a beacon of hope. He inspires people to do better. Sure, he's a super soldier and all that, and he can do a lot of things, but truly what he's there for in every game that he's in is the hope for humanity. And you feel that. You get that so well in this game throughout it with every character. It's like, and, and, and the, the, that impact and, 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 you know, towards the villains and the bad guys and, the enemy in the mo- in the, in the game as well. It's just felt so so strongly in this in this game, and it's just it, it was fantastic in my opinion. Fun boss fights, fun levels, fun missions. The open worldness was really cool to dis- to to explore, to look at. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Really did. I don't know if I can rate it though. I'd really it's 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 harder to rate that than a movie because there's so much other things in it that I would have to actually like go and look back at and remember and like it's just, it's it's a lot more to of of, of a more in depth media to review than a movie is it, it just is by nature so I can't give a score but I highly recommend if you haven't played the campaign to play it. It's and it's on Game Pass, so you can download it right now and play it. I mean, if you you had doubts about it from after Halo Five, I understand that, but I'm here to tell you that Halo Infinite's campaign and multiplayer, one of the one of the shining lights in the the fourth co- the in the in this quarter of game releases and game you know uh, game life 
like game gaming cycles. It, it's just it truly is. If I were to pick between Battlefield, Call of Duty, and Halo, Halo won this. They they won this quarter, this holiday season, this for sure. I mean, you could potentially make this a a game of the year nominee, and no bullshit, you actually can. And I think that it will be, because I think that most people truly think that this is a return to form for 343 and for Halo in general. Just an overall great game. And uh, that's going to be it for this week, people. I'm not going to do a NFL recap because I kind of wanted to make this episode more of a look back. You know, looking back at 2021, seeing what was... You know, the highlights, the low lights, uh, low points, I guess you could say, of this past year. Sure, I'm, I'm sure like we all kind of thought that it was going to be better better than it was or, uh, you know, not as bad as 2020 was. Uh, but, you know, things, we say things and we just assume that it's going to be better and that it can't be any worse. For some people, that's the case. For others... It's not. And uh, the only thing that we can do in the next year is if we say, I'm going to make 2022 better than 2021. Let's let's actually try to do that then. Let's try to make it better. Let's try to actually complete the resolutions, your aspirations, your goals, and actually try to do that. I feel like a lot of people make resolutions and make aspirations and kind of just hope that they happen. That they don't got to work for it or they don't they don't got to try for it to happen. Just, you know, hope that it will happen, which is not the case. You have to make it happen. You have to try. And I'm going to try so much this year, there 2022 to make this podcast even better than I already think it is. Try to be more um, open to other topics potentially. Probably still no politics. I just I hate discussing that. Um, but branch out more maybe. Have a have actually have people on. I think that we can all agree on that. Make it a little bit more um, interesting. Now that football is going to be ending soon, so I I'll have open spots and open time to get in depth with other topics and make it more interesting, make it more of a, uh, uh, you know, try to interject some silliness and some good old fun as well. Remember not to take everything so seriously because when you do that, it just makes everything more stressful, I think, and more not fun. And I don't want to do that. It's just keep having fun. Keep talking about shit. Keep talking about stupid shit. Also important shit as well. Can't forget about that. It's got to be a good balance though. But leaning more into the stupid shit is is my expertise. In fact, the show is called Intelligent Moron. I mean, well, it's kind of on the brand. I mean, intelligent is is stretching. You know, I'm, I'm a smart moron. I'm not totally stupid. But I'm also not the smartest guy out there. And I think the, you probably know that, but uh, I, I I truly am you know, trying to find some meaning, some uh, some sense in the things that I say. Other times, it's it's kind of hard to, but 
you live and you learn. Trial and error, as I always say. Whatever works. You got to try things. Like I said, you got to try. And try to make it better. Try to you know branch out and take a leap of faith, actually. Not just a hop, but a leap. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. Remember, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube at Intelligent Moron with Alex Silva. Um, this comes out every Thursday mornings. You can rate, review, like, and subscribe. It helps a lot. Get that star rating up. Share it with your family, friends, anybody you think that will enjoy it. A fun podcast that could be, you know, serious at some times. But for the most part, just have fun and enjoy it. Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And I will see you guys in 2022.